come, the walrus said, to talk of many things. Of shoes and ships and sealing wax. Cabbages Cabinets and kings. kings, yeah. <laughs> Why the seal is, bo- sea is boiling hot and other pigs have wings. <laughs> I just picture now, like, Christopher Walken saying that, like, without the time being very serious. The time has come to talk of other things, you know. That's... <laughs> <laughs> A bad Christopher Walken. So I guess that volume is pretty good. You know, just regular conversational. Cool. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I it very briefly seemed like I was going to have an opportunity to write interview questions for Christopher Walken. Uh, really? Yeah. Um, uh, that didn't. He ended up not wanting to do a video interview. He only wanted to do a print. So I didn't get involved in it. But. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there was like an afternoon where I was like, "Oh shit! I gotta! I gotta like come up with." Good questions for Christopher Walken. This is the best day. And then, and then by the end of the, that evening, I was, they're like, "No, he, his people turned it down. He's not doing it." I was like, oh, "Well, great." Jeez, wow, that's that's pretty incredible. Yeah, it was, it was still fun. I should, you know, it's funny. Usually, I would uh, cut the mic off and then like start the interview, but I think that's actually a good way to go right into it. <laughs> okay. So, um, welcome everyone back to the Wages of Cinema. I'm Jack. And once again, we return with our local vocal series where we talk with local filmmakers and actors and artists and people who, you know, make things with their hands and they use their brains to, you know, entertain people and do things of that nature. And uh, that's certainly a guy uh, sitting across from me who does that. Um, he is uh, currently writing and directing a web series, um, but he also has done a lot of different things uh, throughout his uh, career and life, uh, so I'm pr- very pleased to have Jeff Rabinek on the show. Hi. Is hey. that how I pronounce that yeah, name? Yeah, Rabinek. You got Rabinek, it. okay. Yeah. Pretty much how it's spelled. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, so that that Christopher Walken thing, how did that come about? Uh, I have a friend who is the uh, creative director at the New York Observer, uh, and uh-huh. I had been working on Cruel Children, uh, and since uh, she asked, like, they were going to be doing a print interview for the magazine. Uh, and uh, then they they also wanted to do, like, a web, like a video version for the web. And she uh, asked if I was interested in helping out and making that happen. But then his people were, were like, no, he doesn't want to do a video. So it never happened. <laughs> but it was, an exci- it was exciting for, like, a brief moment. I was like, oh, great. Things are happening. Oh, no, no, no. Never mind. <laughs> It's nice to be thought of. Do other have other like opportunities like that come up for you? Uh, n- not as often. No, nah. no, sure. No. <laughs> that was maybe a, in the future. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not ruled out. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I guess we could start off. I don't know where where I would begin, but I guess maybe sketch comedy is probably as, as good a place as any yeah. because that's you know currently your bag and uh, you know what we're <laughs> you know a large part of what we're talking about. But what's like for you, when you know, uh, going back a lot of years, when did that first interest you? Was it just watching like Saturday Night Live, like for a lot of people, or is it other types of programs? Uh, I guess like yeah, I, I watched, I watched, I would catch Saturday Saturday SNL like like at my friends' places, but it was never like it's sketch comedy is something I came into very recently actually. Mm. Um, I uh, was it not something that. You know, you were planning on like from a, like a long time. It was just more oh, yeah. like kind of like, oh, let's try this. Yeah, like uh, I was, I'm a big, I was a big fan of the Chris Gethard show. The, uh, hmm. um, do you know, do you know that comedian? 
Chris Gefford. Not, uh, not quite. No. He, he now he's he, so now that show has moved to Fusion, but it was for a number of years a public access show on uh, in Manhattan on the Manhattan Neighborhood Network. Oh, uh, like, but is it, that New York One? Yeah. yeah okay. I think so. Okay. I think so. At least uh, I might be getting that detail messed messed up. Um, That's fine. Well, we'll, we'll I'll I'll put in a correction. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Edit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I would I had when after I moved to New York, I had became like a fan of that show, and he is uh he's formerly a teacher there. He's just like a big figure at the UC at the UCB, oh. uh, which is first how I learned about that school. And then I went to I studied like filmmaking in college, mm. and I not necessarily sketch comedy, but I was like I want to I I know that this is like a path that like can get me a bit more opportunities, and like I was interested in comedy, so I started going. I learned about UCB through the Chris Gethard show, and then, oh. then it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, um, and I guess talking about that, you know, because you just said that you studied filmmaking in college. Now that wasn't on this coast, though. You said that was that back well, on the west. No, no, no. Uh, that was a, I went to Syracuse University. So oh, Syracuse. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I should even go back maybe further than that to make it more contextual. Sure, like, sure. Are you like Sano? Do you are you from like this area, or are you more? Uh, I'm originally from outside Chicago. Oh, uh, and okay. then I went to school upstate New York, in upstate New York at Syracuse, and then after I graduated, I moved to Los Angeles, and I was only there for about eighteen months, and then okay. I moved to New York after that. Mm. So, how did uh, when you were at Syracuse, like, so I don't really know, so, like, is that because I, 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 I'm guessing I'm actually, you know, it's funny that you're just saying this because the very first guest I had on this series, mm-hmm. he, I, I think he went to Syracuse too. Oh, okay. And I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I need, I need to go back to listen to the episode again. I'm sure he'll be listening to this right now, and being like, "Damn it, Jack!" No, but, um, but yeah, that that film program was that something that was especially interesting for you? Uh, yeah, like so. There's actually a couple different in the at Syracuse. There's the um, communication school, which is called Newhouse. Okay. Uh, and they have a film program that's, I don't know if the uh, they have the program within that school, and then I was in the school of the visual and performing arts, yeah. and I was in the film program in that college. Mm. So there's two separate, and they're complete. They don't really like have any overlap in the, uh. at the university. Um, I always thought as like the Newhouse School is a little bit more like producing focused, like mm. television. It's like the business, uh. Uh, the business of television, ah. uh, where uh, the visual and performing arts one is much more about like making it and like the craft like the process of it uh, yeah, yeah that sounds kind of consistent with a lot of schools like where i went i went to a school called william patterson and there they very much separated between film and tv mm-hmm. and radio right uh so i don't know was that something yeah so like the the new house major the, the, the in the communication school the major was television radio film like people mm-hmm. would be like i'm a trf major trf uh, <laughs> uh it's yeah so they were all like bundled together and you didn't it's not like you could just like you could focus on one yeah. but like as part of the major you were being taught all of that stuff uh yeah so i was just in like the i was in the film program in the art school um so, which was the new house is like is a massive program and like in my film school syracuse is a pretty good sized university but yeah obviously. there was it's like it makes up that city basically yeah there's uh yeah exactly <clears throat> um, i mean you take away the university you're probably left with just like a few little shops and stuff like right, that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's right in the middle of the rust belt, you know? Yeah. So like when, once the Erie canal like stopped being used, it kind of, the town kind of suffered a little bit. It's, yeah. know, it can be a little sad. Uh, especially having like a very 
it's kind of like expensive private institution right in the center of like a kind of like deteriorating town. It's, right. Some, yeah. Tension there. Um, <laughs> you but, probably uh, but, uh, have very different people like going to school there and people yeah. who kind of live in the surrounding yeah. areas since it's upstate, you know, like conservative New York. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, very beautiful though, I'll say. Um, yeah, <laughs> getting sure. back to, uh, uh, so the Newhouse School, the communication school, is really big. But the program I was in only had about like I think like twenty five, thirty people per oh. per year. Hmm. Um, uh, so it was like a very intimate, mostly production based kind of class. So in that kind of scenario, you everybody got to know each other. Oh yeah, we were like on top like every day, and also the uh, there was not much of a core curriculum in the program I took. So like I was really mostly just taking art and filmmaking classes. Mm. Like, uh, oh, that's that's really lucky. Yeah, <laughs> like most it, people go to college, it's like all right, you have to take this math class and this science class and this yeah. whatever. I mean, I, I might have benefited from those kind of classes. <laughs> who's who's to say? Uh, but, Maybe today you're missing out on learning that algebra equation. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, my my trig skills are severely lacking. Yeah. Uh, I really that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go to that program is because like not just because I was lazy and didn't want to take Spanish classes or whatever, but uh, it it was like very like it was kind of like being in an art in a, like a, an art school like capital a art school but in like a like you know like hmm. larger like university um yeah so when you were there so everybody was uh kind of working on each other's films or is it like that kind of communal yeah type you, of you were acquired yeah you were acquired to help other people uh. to do other people's work and uh, i ended up doing like a lot of animated films because oh. uh or i i started it started off with like a lot of rotoscope really is like what it was Mm. Um, that, uh, that's a, that's a fascinating process that I guess today that it would be kind of like, it's been supplanted by motion capture, mm -hmm. but yeah, but back in the day, I mean, and this is going back a couple decades ago, you know, you still had people animating over movies like live sure. action. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very time intensive. Yeah. The, what I, uh, I, I, for some reason, like I, just I liked that process because I can like, just rely on myself. Like I can film things pretty sure. simply because I don't need a really light. Or, uh, I can I can be pretty like run and gun with the filming, and then it just requires me to sit down for hours at a time and draw over frames. And, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't mind that kind of work. I, I kind of find it kind of relaxing in a way. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I ended up doing a lot of kind of that stuff. But uh, yeah, but you, uh, the part of the program you'd work on everybody's you like crew on everyone's films. Yeah. Um... Now and also, so the 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 film that you made there, I know that you said that uh, it's online, but it's a little bit hard to find, uh -huh, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there anything about it? Like, what was it like? If if, if you bottled up your answer, what was it about? Uh, I I made a film called The Archer. Uh, it was like my junior year project. Uh, like starting like your junior and senior year, you're like working towards like one film every year. Um, uh, and it was it was about like a it was kind of a documentary art piece about like uh, the installation of like a gorilla sculpture, like a, or, mm. a like a large sculpture in within the uh, on the university campus, but also kind of like my descent into madness that that uh, <laughs> that year uh, regarding and so it was about like huh. the process of making the sculpture and installing it, but also about like my mental anguish during that the time that I was doing it. Huh. It was it did not go over well uh, okay. at my at my review uh because it was really self indulgent. Mm. Uh and uh, So if maybe you had focused on more on the gorilla statue yes, than yeah, on the yeah. personal side, yeah, it might yeah, have yeah. turned out better. Yes. It's it was 
I, I think there's elements of it that I still like. Like I can go back and watch it. I'm like, oh yeah, I I was doing something here. But overall, yeah. it's it's not really yeah. for the public. Well, I find that a lot of times. I mean, I've had this too. That you the things that you make in college, you're just you know trying to figure out. You know, not even so much how to do the work because that's the type of thing that okay, I'll figure out in class how to yeah. set up a light here or do sound here. But you got to figure out your voice first. Yeah, and like in the program I was in, so I was a film student, but within I was with I was a, the program was called Transmedia, yeah. and in the school of Transmedia they that encompassed art photography, art mm-hmm. video, uh, computer art, and film. Mm. Um, and, and the core curriculum is shared between all those classes. Yeah. So, so, like, you, so you get a little bit of each. Yeah. And like, we were really focusing like the, the, the faculty and like the curriculum was really focused on like art film. Like we, like, uh, we, one of the reasons why I came really late to comedy is because like comedy wasn't something that we were supposed to be really doing there or <laughs> people, some people did it, but uh, it was like, interesting. but that's not like the kind of. Like, uh, hmm. it wasn't really where the faculty was steering us. Uh, Did they have, like, a sketch comedy group on campus or something? There was. I was not involved in it, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the click of sketch comedy in college, like, it can be its own thing that's hard to break into. Yeah. Because sometimes, like, your sense of humor at the time might not totally click with mm-hmm. the other groups. But Yeah, I mean, and it's like... It was a big school, so you know there's lots of stuff going on. Yeah. And I was involved. I was involved. Actually, that's I'm not. That's not necessarily true. My freshman year, I was on one of the student television uh, uh, huh. t- TV shows, which was a sketch comedy show. Huh. Uh, I was mostly. I wrote for them a little bit, but I was mostly doing like graphics, special right. effects work, that kind of thing. Okay. So like when you were in college, that was a lot of that was your interest, sort of like art and design, even yeah. more than the filmmaking thing. Yeah. Um, not, not so much, I don't mean to say not filmmaking, because obviously you were there for film, yeah. but something about like, how do I design this, and how do I get this to look this way, that really appealed to you. Sure, like, the, yeah, with the, um, one of the, I wrote like some of my college uh, essays, like, about how the Lord of the Rings made me want to be like a, a, a yeah. filmmaker, which is I'm sure made a lot of people want to do that. Uh, well, I th- yeah, no, that's why I've heard. Like, actually, I heard somebody say that the movies, but even more so the DVDs. The DVDs. That was the DVD. It was the DVD specials. The on the extended yeah. editions, I would watch those, and I was like, oh, people. There are people who do this. Like, it, those, yeah, the sets don't just like show up. Somebody has to make them, and doing that kind of stuff was also equally as interesting and fun for me as oh, like. Yeah. As just like the writing and directing, or you know that kind of thing. Mm. So from there, so you're at, so you go to Syracuse. Yeah. When you graduate, do you kind of know like, okay, now I'm gonna go and do this, or was there some time thinking about your next move? Uh, between my junior and senior year, I went and stayed lived out in L.A. Uh, oh. And I just started kind of like putting out feelers to, hmm. um, well, like I said, like so the, like set set and like the art department stuff was equally as interesting to me as like uh, a lot of the other things. So when right. I went out after my junior year, I was look I started like trying to get any kind of art department hmm. uh, jobs I can I can find. So yeah. I, I had a couple of contacts. So then after I graduated, I moved out there and started doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I was cuz that's what I was going to say. So like with uh, some of these projects like I'm I guess I'm a little curious to ask about a couple of them because when I go like if you go to IMDb page mm-hmm. for yourself, the first things that you see as far as your earliest credits are for things with the art department and wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. And some of these were movies that got distribution, it yeah. seemed like. Yeah. Uh, there was one movie with Danny Trejo I saw. Yeah, that was Strike, strike <laughs> One. That was uh, that was actually really fun, although the uh, – hopefully no, 
hopefully none of them hit. They ran out of money at one point, so they're uh, like a large part of the. I got paid, but a large part of the crew sued the production. So, it, <laughs> so it took a while for that film to come out. Uh, Sometimes that seems to happen with certain films. Yeah. <laughs> it, it finally premiered. Like I, I, we shot that like maybe six years ago, but oh. it, it finally premiered just a few months ago. I think. Like hmm. I got, I, it was in Los Angeles, so I couldn't go. But yeah, it took a while to finish. Yeah, and uh, yeah, a couple of these titles. Uh, yeah, Strike One and. Uh, uh, the Millionaire Tour. The Millionaire Tour, one. yeah. I was like, I dressed Dominic Monaghan for that, uh, <laughs> which was a funny experience. So that must have been, in a weird way, going back to Lord of the Rings. Was, yeah. There was like a little bit of geekdom going on for you. Yeah, it was. So on that, on that, uh, it was like a, so that was uh, like a kind of like made for online distribution uh, uh, movie. Uh, and it was owned by, I, I want to say it was owned by Michael Eisner. It was produced by Michael Eisner's production uh. company or web. Um, yeah, I'm looking it up. I don't. He, I guess Monahan produced it. I see. Yeah, that might that might be getting those details wrong too. But uh, yeah, so it was part of it was pretty low budget for like a feature film, uh, and part of like the stipulation for me getting hired on the art department is I'd also do a, be a swing uh, on the wardrobe department. Uh, and so what does that mean, a swing? Because I've heard I've seen that in the credits. Just means that like you have like a your role changes depending on the need. So like, Oh, okay. Like if I needed to be doing like set dressing or like props and that kind of thing that day, then, but, but like also like I'd have daily responsibilities that are like, make mm. sure Dominic Monaghan gets his clothes on and is on set, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. um, yeah, so that, that was a trip. Uh, because like, like I said, like I, well, I was, I'd obsessed over the Lord of the Rings movies and I just like, sit with him for like you know like he was he was a strange dude is it but is it tough though to like if you're in that situation and you're around him for that long do you try to talk about other things and not talk about that yeah is it like the elephant in the room yeah honestly we made there was very little like small talk between the it was Uh, it was was pretty professional just like hey like sure like like this is what this is what you're wearing today like we you know like gotcha yeah, yeah, yeah um because on some sets, you can talk a little bit more among everyone than others. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. And then, like I said, I was also, like, a, it, I was doing other roles. So, like, sure. my, so I'd, I'd have to do, like, get his the, the clothes mm. together for the day, and then I'd run over and, like, help the props guys or that kind of thing. Yeah. So, in that situation, so, I mean, you were doing the, these kind of works as, like, property master and art a director and assistant, like, stuff yeah. like that. Well, like, so in all those years that you were doing it, were the, was the thought that, okay, maybe I'll build up to maybe production designer yeah. or something like that? I, I, I did a, a, I worked on a number of um, AFI graduate, the American Film Institute graduate oh. films. Okay. Uh, and I would, uh, um, and I art directed on a couple of those and on, uh, on some of the like earlier ones did production design. Um, but I had, I had ambitions to go to school there for a little bit and then my path kind of changed. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, the idea was like, yeah, I'd like to work my way up into like, you know, bigger budget and being like the head of the art department as opposed to just like, you know, the yeah, very bottom wrong of it. Because I imagine that if you're if you're in that situation where you're having to, okay, go do this, go do that, it's a little bit, you know, I'm not gonna say it's like busy work, but there is an element of it where even though you're being creative, it's not like you get to be fully yeah. creative, like tapping into your own like, I want to. I would love to set the dress the do the the do, dress the set like this. Right. Yeah. Some so some of the AFI films that that was really satisfying. That was because like so they're they're smaller, you know, like they're short films and they're like graduate. Yeah, they're much smaller films. sets. So, but and then but that also like uh, 
because they're on a smaller scale, that gives me I get more responsibility, you know, like yeah. you know. Uh, so those projects are really fun because like you know you get to you start off with just the script and we're like, okay, what do we have to do and how do we do it? Okay, we need to build. Like I worked on a, a student film called Stuck, uh, mm. or an AFI film, and the plot is that a guy is. A, <laughs> it's pretty dark. All right. So, oh but, boy. But the, well, this this sounds like a, a thriller one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a thriller. Um, but like the long story short, there's a guy who's in a hole, half covered in, half buried in cement, and he's been like so he's been half half his body is cemented into the ground. Because this man thinks he murdered his child, his daughter, <laughs> uh, and he's like interrogating him. But then it's like, okay, so we have to build a set that looks like it's underground and that a guy is half buried in concrete. So you know, part of the like the problem start uh, solving part of it was like was pretty fun. You know, like it's like, okay, how the hell do we? Has anybody out here done that before? No, n- of course none of us have done that before. <laughs> so you just figure like it's. You figure out how to do it. Like, oh, what kind of yeah. materials are we going to use? Like, how do we build these sets? How do we, like, then do the digital replacement so we can, in the wide shots, make it look like it's underground, even though it's, like, actually in a film studio and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, and that was, like, that's what I really enjoyed about it. Like, the, like... The, the, the challenge. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Because, I mean, just, like, you know, like, you can be doing art department stuff and you're just, like resetting actors tables like at a dinner table like you you have a bunch of people eating food and like you're like between every take you're just switching out their plates with like new like silverware so 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 they can yeah exactly and that's not really like the fun stuff you know no that's Uh, more that's that's basically one step removed from like script supervisor where you're having to follow the continuity right but it is but it is a lot of the work it's just like oh yeah like oh like a lot of props is just like Taking the prop from the yeah. actor after they're oh, done, sure. you know, so they don't lose it. Yeah, uh, yeah the funny—it's funny you're talking about all this stuff because when I was uh, like, because when I was doing certain movies, like I almost didn't really think about like oh, I should get like a, a prop master, an art mm-hmm. director guy. Like I ended up just doing a lot of that kind of stuff almost on my own, just right. like. And I don't know, maybe certain filmmakers do that, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, this idea that okay, I can just do this myself. You know, I don't necessarily need to get, but. But if you get somebody like you on set, though, you bring a lot more to the table. Yeah, and and it also just frees the director or the producer or whoever. Sure. Like, I mean, like a, a lot of the like a, on small shoot, it's like you're just trying to like make everything. Like, it's like if we yeah. can get through this, then it's an accomplishment, <laughs> you know. Uh, but like then you it, having art department for those kind of roles just like frees up the rest of the crew to do what their job is specifically. You know, mm. there's there's a reason why there's so many different roles because like. You know, you want to be able to focus on the thing that you're supposed to be, you know, there to do. Yeah. Was that uh, stuck, like, your favorite project that you worked on? That... I worked on uh, another uh, – so, um, I mean, they're, they're all they're – all, They're kind uh, of memorable in different ways. Yeah, exactly. They're all, like, fun. I, I was on a set one time, uh, and, like, during, like, lunch, one of the, like, camera guys was talking about how, how sometimes <laughs> – uh, the worst films are the most the the films that are going to be the worst are the most fun to work on and I yeah and, and the opposite side right yeah and I was like how much fun are you having now uh, which, <laughs> uh, which didn't really go over well no one, I thought it was I thought it was great uh, everyone just turns and yeah. stares at you at the exact yeah. same moment comically yeah they, they weren't really on the same page with me um, 
but yeah, but the, but it is kind of true. So like a lot of the films that like I don't know if they're necessarily masterpieces were like a lot of fun to do. But you know, and then I also got to work on some like really great stuff. Like especially particularly the AFI. I worked on a film called Nani, which uh, um, it didn't get the top prize, but it was like nominated for a Student Academy Award. You know, like uh, and I got to art direct that, and that was like really uh-huh. like really satisfying. Um, and but then I had other things like one of my first jobs is I worked on a film called Somebody Help Me Too which mm. is the sequel to Somebody Help Me, which is a features a mo- mostly, like, pretty much all black cast, like, horror film. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the, pretty much the only white person in it is, like, the murderer. Um, I don't I don't believe it's on my IMDb. Okay. I actually, I... <laughs> I see stuck on there. Yeah. So that's there. Uh, for, for one, my name, I, I had never seen the film, and then I was at, oh. back at my parents' place in Illinois, and I was going to, like, a red box. This is a number of It was ago. there? And I saw it. I was like, oh, my God! <laughs> So, so I rented it. I had never seen it before. It's a little rough. Uh, oh. But uh, and then at the end, my name was misspelled in the credits. I'm like, great. That's there the, you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, if anybody's oh. familiar with B2K, uh, that sounds familiar. They were they were like a R&B group from like the early 2000s, like late 90s. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Some of the some of the singers from B2K were the stars of oh, Somebody God. Help Me Too. Uh, That's like how um, I'm not saying that the that the movie was this bad, but like, because uh, again I haven't seen it, but that just reminds me of um, uh, I'm, I'm sure, you've heard of the room, yeah, sure. Well, like with the room, you have like an R and B that like songs in the movie, but the songs are played in full. Like, they don't take <laughs> yeah, right. just a piece of them; yeah. they use the entire song over those excruciating sex scenes. From what I yeah, from what I remember, there was actually no R and B in Somebody Help Me Too, but uh, just like <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, Wait, yeah. so they had the actors in it, but not well. The they music? were just the leads of like it was like oh, if God. you you could watch it and you're like oh, okay, yeah. That's like when uh, I think one of the members of the Fugees tried to act for a little while, like. Uh, <laughs> What's his name? Proz was in this uh, movie called Turn It Up, and he was by far like the most wooden actor you've ever <laughs> seen in your life. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, so you're out in LA, you're doing all these jobs. Yeah. It was there a point where you suddenly realized, like, okay, I gotta move on from this? Was it like, like what 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 was that like? Was it was, it, was, it was it tough? Lar- it was a largely a financial uh, decision. Oh, okay. Uh, well, for so for one, I went to school in New York and. A lot of – it's actually kind of switched currently, but a lot of the people I knew who had graduated from my program with me moved to New York City. Okay. And I moved to L.A., um, and a number of them were like, come back, come to New York. <laughs> uh, and I had, there, I had like a few production designers that would hire me on jobs, you know, that I would work with regularly. Uh, but they get paid a lot more than I would, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they weren't working, I would be really struggling to like find work that month. Uh, and I got tired of it. I was like, I, I want a more steady like gig, basically. Oh. So then I moved out to New York and started working in post-production. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, it's funny because that's sometimes the opposite of what I've heard where people in New York are like, well, I'm going to go out to L.A. now because it seems like there's no work here. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it depends on what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of actors do it for like pilot season. Sure, and stuff yeah. Like that. And I'll also say that I love Los Angeles and I want to move back. But uh, at the time, mm-hmm. it just was it seemed like the right decision. I gotcha. Um, so also, so in post production, so was that also like 
in college you learned with editing and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I uh, I guess that comes back to the animation too. Right. So um, before I before I even went, like went to film school, I my sister's then boyfriend, who's now her husband, uh, was a few years older than I uh, I am. Um, like he was like a like a big computer guy, like huh. uh, like and so my they, my sister and her husband have been dating since they were in high school. Uh, when you say big computer guy, do you mean like in software? Or yeah. Something? So he like he oh. I, from my understanding, he would do these like he, or he would do these like competitions where you they would like a whole bunch of high schoolers are in a room and they're like something's wrong with this computer and then they have to like take like but he would win the like do these like national competitions and he was like back in like the time of like Napster he was like torrenting like crazy ah. amounts of software so uh, at one point he gave me a DVD full of just like tons and tons of illegally downloaded uh software so i got i remember i, I got like rhino like the a model the modeling software was on there um like soundforge like the audio editing software and i had a like photoshop and and premiere were on that disc so i started learning and i had a personal computer so i started learning how to like do editing when i was like 14 or so oh okay uh, so this goes back even before college yeah it was long before college so like um so i went into college with like a pretty strong type because like because huh. i was just like a nerdy high school kid who had all the time in the world so i would just like learn how to like do green screen effects or like put huh. my, or like put my friends faces on the other people's faces and like that kind of stuff ah, um nice. so when i eventually like started working in post-production it was like i was in the same field of stuff that i've been doing for that point for like 10 years okay yeah so it wasn't at all unfamiliar it was just uh Going from learn, doing what you were doing in high school to something like right, but to, I mean, obviously at a more professional level and like the yeah. software is a little different. Yeah, yeah, or like you're using like different. Uh, the technology gets upgraded, but yeah, it's just still the same basic ideas. Mm. And um, so you're in New York at w- and uh, doing the post production, you know, getting your feet into that. At what point does like again? You mentioned sketch comedy at the start of this because yeah. of the the show sure. from that guy. Did you first see his show and get kind of intrigued, or was it something else? Just like I want to go check out a UCB show. This is something I really want to do. Yeah, yeah, right. So I started. I moved to New York, and I the, I got I got hired at um, a place called Company Three, um, which is owned by Deluxe. If you ever see like at the end of the yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. colored by Deluxe, uh, Company Three is a division of Deluxe, um, and I did audio syncing for The Good Wife. Uh, okay. So I I did their so. The way that like so I did the audio thinking for the dailies. So like you know they shoot during the day here in New York, and then at night the footage gets colored, and then so that the the crew, the crew can review it the next morning. But uh you know the audio and the yeah the that's always work. that's always a a tedious but you know it has to be done type right. of job right yeah so like my the first my first job in New York I worked 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. doing <laughs> aud- the audio thinking for the Good Wife and then a couple like a couple other shows. Uh, but uh, and during that time, I found out about the Chris Gethard show because it was filmed in New York, mm-hmm. uh, and I would like, I would like try, I'd like take off work to go to tapings of the the show every once in a while and stuff. Uh, and through that, I found the UCB, and then, um, so after a number of so after doing audio syncing, I moved and I became um, an assistant colorist, uh, most um, mostly in for commercial work. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after a few years of doing that, I was like, I'm, I want to be doing my own stuff. Like, this, is, this, wasn't, <laughs> sure. this wasn't the plan. Yeah, I, wanna mm. be, like, uh, I went to film school to, like, to make, not to, like, you know. Sure. 
so I when I quit that job and I just started working in like co- coffee shop jobs to like which so I could have enough time to right. start I started going So you to, wouldn't you wouldn't have to live on the graveyard shift. Yeah, well I mean I I I, I hope, thank God like I that that kind of shift only lasted for about like I don't know like 6 months or so. Uh but then I was at that company for a, a number of years yeah. and post production is just like a demanding like I it was it was regular to have like yeah. 12 14 hour days like at like at the point where your eyes start yeah. to like I can't. I need to keep editing, but my eyes are bleeding. Yeah, like you know, it, it was not uncommon for people to like be like, "What's your longest you've ever been here?" And they're like, 24 hours." Oh, I've done 24 hours like dozens of times. Like, I, uh, and and that's like, and but it like, that's like a day job, you know? Like, uh, almost, you know, it's almost surprising that you don't see more mistakes on yeah. programs with that kind of like not sleeping thing. Yeah, um, it's just like it's a very it's an often unnoticed like uh, part of the like filmmaking process. Like, yeah. you know, like I feel like most people don't even know, like just like the layperson doesn't know what color correction is or that it exists. Yeah. No, uh, they it's, the, yeah, that's something that a lot of little things in post-production take for granted. Like, yeah, color correction and uh, you know, just little things with audio that, sure. you know, you sometimes don't notice the fact that, you know, you could take out, you know, also the fact after effects, of course, and yeah, what like that can do now. Finishing, just like put it like all the like titles and graphics, like that's somebody's like full time job that yeah. is like a bit in a very like, you know, that can be a very stressful position. Uh, so I did that kind of work for like a few years and then I quit so I can start work trying. I was like, it was like a big, like, I'm going to start like working on my own projects. And it, ah. it was something that I couldn't do uh, while having that kind of job because it, it just, like you'd have 60 hour weeks on the regular. Like that was just part of the the gig. Mm. Um, uh, So it's hard to like then after that, like go home and work on your screenplay, you know? Uh, Yeah, obviously. Yeah. So it's like even you need to take a little bit of that time for yourself and just, okay, I need to divorce myself from this thing, which I'm really good at. But if I keep doing this, yeah, I just won't be able to express anything that I want. Yeah, to. I, I mean, like it was kind of like a quarter life crisis in a way. But I was like, do I want to be doing this when I'm 40 years old? Is this because yeah. like I'm I'm now getting on a path that's like a, in a very specific technical field. Yeah. Uh, that eventually will be hard to do anything else. Like you know, like it'll mm. be hard to jump ship after, like when I'm like after like I've been there for like 20 years or whatever. I've been doing mm. that, you know. Uh, and I decided that's not what I wanted to do, yeah. be doing in 20 years. Yeah. So when you got into the UCB and like you started to get really passionate about that, were there, do you just kind of jump into doing that? Is it, do you watch a lot of shows to try to get primed? Do you even, are there even books for that kind of thing? Yeah. Well, I mean like the, the reason why you go to UCB is to be taught how to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, it is like actually a school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And, um, and the, uh, the program's great. Like they they do a very good job of like your one on one class. It's like here's what this is. Like here is the idea of sketch comedy. Yeah. And then as you progress through the program, it gets more and more rigorous. Um, but yeah, like I for one, I had been working on commercial. Uh, uh, I'd been working on commercials for years at that a few years at that point. Yeah. And when you're when you're in a room watching working on commercials, other people's commercials every day. So like the way color correction works is I'd be there with like the senior colorist uh, and then behind us on like couches and desks and stuff, drinking like wine and eating cheese. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like, L- like literally. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, 
Um, fancy schmancy. Yeah, no, I, I mean that, that. Like I also say that job was great. Like I got to work with Jerry Seinfeld on some of the commercials oh. that he directed, and Barry Sonnenfeld, and like uh, Lance Accord is like an amazing like director and uh, cinematographer. That, oh. Like so uh, that so in that kind of scenario, do you are they very much like somebody like Seinfeld or something? Do they have like very set ways and how they want? their thing to look can you collaborate with them yeah Seinfeld was I think was more just like make it look nice uh but a go, lot of them go ahead yeah, and make yeah. it look like a commercial yeah uh, he, I'll just say that like, he was so nice he was like I was it was very nice to be like oh my god you're just like a very charismatic nice charming person uh yeah, yeah which, is which great. sometimes you don't get in the yeah end. no yeah um but yeah so like the, the way that kind of process works is like like you have like I worked on commercials for the most part so like you have a uh, your Nike commercial, and then you have probably maybe like a copywriter come in, but then you have the creative director, like mm. the artistic direct, art director, and a producer from like the agency, and then also like the editor is usually there, or somebody from the editorial team, and then they sit in the room with you, and you're like, all right, what are we doing? Like, what's the kind of look? Are we are we something contrasty? Are you trying to make make it look like? Is it like a look? Or do you want like some kind of like desaturated Instagrammy kind of thing? And then you sit and you work through the the process. Um, cool. But so it's just like any other thing. It's like you're 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 there like if you were their editor or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, and then mm. yeah, is yeah. that something that you would ever? I guess maybe you're past that. But is that well, something I'm, that you would ever you keep you would want to do again? Well, uh, so I'm actually I'm doing post supervision on a, a pilot right now called oh. Long Island Lights. Um, okay. And part of part of my job in that is to work with the colorist. Mm. So like, it's now fun to be on the other end and I get to be the person sitting on the couch. Uh, but you get to have the wine and cheese. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, we're on a little bit more of a budget than, uh, yeah. than like a Nike commercial. Give, give me like a Merlot or yeah, something sure. instead yeah. of like the $60 I'll wine. I'll just take some like two buck Chuck and that'll be fine. Um, uh, but it, it, it's, yeah. So now it's, I'm still like in that kind of world, you know, but okay. uh, I'm just now shifted roles a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I guess with the UCB thing, uh, and I talked with, uh, uh, Lindsay, uh, hand who obviously was on the show before mm -hmm. about that process. But for you, like, what is it like in going like with the different levels is that when you're in a classroom now, you said that you're there for writing. Yeah. Uh, is it a, a situation where like with certain writing classes, you're, you're kind of having to read your stuff out loud or is it performed? Like how, what what kind of like critical atmosphere is it like? So part of what's nice about the class is it kind of tries to teach you how to like how an actual like television writers room would function. Mm. So you're like usually you're in a conference room and okay. you come in with like your scripts and you have to have copies for everybody. Mm. And you're usually the way that the the system works there is you don't read your own script, so you hand it uh. out. Other people read it and then you talk about oh. it and then you pitch jokes and you like mm. try to like you know refine the work. Yeah. It's funny. Um, you're just you're just mentioning this, and I'm thinking about how. And I'm I'm not sure. I'm sure it's not quite the same thing, but like a, a little while back, I watched a documentary about like the making of Saturday Night Live. Uh -huh. I think it was James Franco or something. Oh right, was involved I, in I it. know what you're it's talking about. Saturday... Yeah, yeah, and they actually have you know the cameras there when they're having the the pitching sessions, but also you know and also the roundtable reading. Mm -hmm. And it's it's both it's fascinating to see what ends up working really mu a lot, and then. Then when you see a some a skit die, it's just oh, it's so awkward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and like, yeah, you see. A, so you get the of, highs and lows, yeah, just yeah. like at UCB, right? Yes, for sure. Uh, and especially like in the early stages of the 
of the process. Of the, of like in, in you know in sketch 101, there's oh, there's a lot of people who have never done any comedy related stuff or any kind of like writing. Uh, like you get that's... you get people who kind of just come in there who like. They might work at a bank and yeah, be like, for, for sure. I want to, I want to be funny. Yeah. But I mean, and, and that's, that's great. Like it's, it's a great resource for that. Um, except, I, except that, you know, there are people who, you know, it's their livelihood yeah, yeah, to yeah. be funny. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I had, I, I luckily came in with the advantage. Like I studied, like I took screenwriting classes sure. in college. So like working in final draft was not like a new yeah. thing to me, you know, at the least you knew structure. Yeah, totally. Um, and well, oh, the reason why I originally started talking about um, going back to color correction was yeah, because yeah, okay. when you're when you're a lot of commercials are structured very similarly to sketches in a way like you like yeah. the, or like the you have to quickly set up the premise and then you get a joke line or two and then you have to put a button on it some kind of joke that like will end yeah. it. Um, and when you're, it's like a, you know the commercials in some ways when they're good. I mean sometimes commercials are just very cheap and lazy, but a lot of the best commercials are compressed short films. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, and part of the way that that job works, I was in the room every day with like the writers and the art directors. Mm. Uh, um, and I would get to like, on occasion, I'd be like, well, what if you, you know, like I, like, so I, when I, I hadn't really like, I never had a plan. Like I'm going to go into sketch comedy. But at that point, I had been like but in a very similar situation. You for a knew of how years. to find your way of speaking up in a room, yeah, to and, throw out an idea and to quickly and to just quickly get across that. Like I, you, like before, like the session starts for like a color session, I'd be with like the colorist I worked with, and we're like, nah, no good. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, and then we would talk about what was funny, and and especially like. Working here in New York, stuff that's filmed here in New York, it's like you see a lot of UCB people pop up mm. too, you know, because there's a lot of actors that do commercial. Yeah. Work. Um, so when I find, eventually did start trying to do sketch comedy, like I, I, it didn't feel like a big, like a big shift or like a, very much of a new yeah. thing. Like it, it, very, it was a new thing, but I, I was like, you oh, had, you this had, is similar to other things that I've been around for. You a while. had certain things that could prepare you for that environment, yeah. and then it's just a matter of. You know, can I be funny or not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which sometimes yeah. which is, is a big pressure. Yeah, which is like the real challenge. But yeah. <laughs> hey guys, my name is Lindsay Elizabeth Hand, and today on Show of Hands, we're gonna be talking to uh, people about neighborhoods that aren't real. So here we go. Do you guys mind if I ask you some questions? You're a New York City dog walker, so you probably like know a lot about this area. I do. I do. I know, like at the back of my hand. Are you from New York, or you're visiting? No, I'm from New York, born and raised here. What neighborhood do you live in? Um, I live in Manhattanville. I live in Harlem. 95th and 3rd, so upper, upper. How I like the upper uppers. Yeah, <laughs> I like the uppers. Yeah. Have you ever been to like Old Prospector's Park? I have not, but my roommate talks about it all the time. We have like Hell's Kitchen, but have you ever been to like Angel's Taint? Have you ever heard of that? Um, that's where I like to go with my girlfriends. Are you guys here for vacation this week? Yes. Is that your boyfriend? Uh, my cousin. <laughs> it's your cousin. <laughs> Sorry, I'm from Georgia, so like it's like basically the same. Are you from New York? No, first time here. What are you gonna do while you're here? Just the normal tourist stuff. Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island. Statue of Liberty. Did you guys go through uh, Harlots Park when you went to Statue of Liberty? Yes. Sounds um, sleazy. <laughs> well, it kind of it's like just north of Fullbush. Yeah, it is. It is kind of sleazy. It's like not really well maintained. You know what I mean? Next time you come, you should go to Raikai. Have you ever been there? What's that? Uh, Rikers Island is like oh, just yes. like Rikai, Rikers Island. It's just like north of the city. It's like kind of a rough area, but de Blasio says it's getting better, so I don't know. 
At what point did you meet Lindsay? Uh, we met in my second UCB class, um, okay. so in our Sketch 201 class. Mm. Uh, yeah. And she <laughs> she immediately was like, you. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I wrote a couple things that she liked and was like, I want to shoot them. Like we are going to, we are going to make those. And I was like, Oh, oh okay. Mm. Uh, and then here we are, which eventually we did do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, was she like the first person you connected with from that program? Yeah. Well, I'm, kind of, I'm sure I imagine there are probably a lot of people in that group that you're like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. I mean, I, I will describe myself more of an introvert. So mm. I was generally kind of like, the, I would sit in the room when I had a good joke, I'd throw it out, but I was not like, mm. I was not really like mingling very much. Uh, and Lindsay was just like, pulled, so in like, a way she kind of opened you yeah, up. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, um, after I, after I finished, like after it was a while later, like after we had finished class, like Lindsay just approached like, are you, do you want to do, like, or do you want to work on stuff? And we were mm. working with a couple other uh, comedians and that kind of fell apart and we were like well let's just start something anyway like what's yeah yeah it seemed like we we had uh abilities that i had uh she did not and the and vice versa like we were able to like really help each other right. uh make something good i guess yeah well yeah well, yeah I that's, that's we, the goal we, we think it's good so, yeah. <laughs> well that's what counts you do it for yourself first and then the audience can like it or, or not yeah um how uh so with the skits with cruel children that was the first real thing that you decided to kind of team up about yeah we, there was I'm, I might be getting these details wrong actually Lindsay would note um she had a friend that was like putting together like a website so okay. when I was originally approached Lindsay was like my friend I think it was something like my friend has a website um that she wants to make and she wants people to like write make content for it and I'm gonna be doing that and like do you want to be involved in that. And she grabbed a couple of comedians that we knew through UCB. And that project kind of, like, fell through. Mm. Uh, but then the two of us were like, well, let's just, we should just be making things. Like, it, it seems like we have, like, yeah, like, the opportunity and the ability yeah. to do it. So let's do it. Um, yeah, what was the question, actually? No, no, no. It was just, um, so, all right. So, so the website kind of doesn't quite come through. You and Lindsay realize, okay, we should just do something. So that thing is Cruel Children? Yeah, uh, and then... Because um, when I look at the credits for it, it's mostly you and her kind of like as writers. And maybe yeah. you have... Were there any other writing people involved? No, so I... Um, the Pretty much all... I wrote the majority of it. There was one sketch that was written by Lindsay. And there's one thing that had Lindsay had the idea for it that I then wrote. But um, I, yeah, for the most part, I directed it and... Hmm. wrote the majority of it and edited it all yeah so was that leap to certain to you you both knew okay all right you're gonna direct this well uh, was that a little bit of the i don't know if that that's a big question to ask but was that something like oh am i directing it or you were yes. like oh i'm directing it well uh, uh <laughs> I'm, I'm curious about that leap I, I I would say that I'm a little type a uh, so it first started off like we're just writing and we just had sketches and then it's like okay so these ones seem like we can actually make these. Mm. And then it became to like, so how do we, and I was like, uh, <laughs> well, um, you know, I went to, I went to film school, so maybe, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, it's just, it's kind of funny the way that you're kind of like still the guy who's introverted in the corner. Um, well maybe I could yeah. uh, do something. <laughs> uh, and then, and then after we had, we had shot that, even after we, we had shot them, there was still like, well, who's gonna like, 
mm-hmm. is the we we brought my f- friend Stefan who was our DP for Anna and we're like is Stefan going to be editing these and I was like well I, I have an idea of like I I, I think I think I got it mm-hmm. and at that point I hadn't done any editing since like I was in college you know because mm-hmm. I've been working in completely different sure. like, sides of like the film industry um yeah so we, we kind of were just really figuring out and and because we were on such a low budget. I couldn't pay other people to do yeah. some of these roles, so I just had to do them myself. You know? <laughs> well, uh, that's usually the way that it works when right. you're just starting out. That's the that's almost the way of like going to film school again. Yeah, in a totally. way. Um, so it seems like it was very organic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, um, we, I mean, we did a lot of planning, but we were also just figuring it out as we went along. Mm. Yeah. Like, so an idea like uh, um, like the skit "Too Many Q-Tips." Yeah. How so how does that come about? Is it just kind of trying to find some type of thing that's funny, or is it like the scenario of a boardroom that's going like apeshit? So before I like you, before I even probably found out about the UCB, or like, or definitely before I started taking classes, I was attempting to. I was very gingerly placing my foot into the world of stand-up comedy. Okay. Uh, and I had been going to like open mics and kind of put, tapping your toe. Into yeah, it. I was really yeah because that's a whole other world than than uh, sketch comedy. Those right. two worlds are sometimes at like opposing ends. Yeah, uh, but it, but it was probably like my first foray. And well, actually, so I I first started doing stand up when I was in high school. I did it a few oh, times. Okay. Um, and then I completely let let it go. Mm. And then once I moved to New York, I would just you know it's around everywhere. So I yeah. was like oh, I. I I'm funny. You, okay. you 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 trip over a step a step a stand up comedian yeah, in totally. the street and like every other block. Um. So, uh, <laughs> the Q tips was like something that I just tried to put in like an act. Uh, like, oh, okay. I, like it, it was it was almost like a bad Jerry Seinfeld rap, uh, like rip off. Like <laughs> what's the what's deal, the deal with Q tips? You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes sense. It's on the bottom. Why is it on the bottom? You know, like uh. That was terrible. Don't. Um, it's all right. Yeah. We're just gonna wash those. Gonna pretend that didn't happen. Nobody's gonna uh, like you're. You're not auditioning based yeah, on impression. Yeah, I, clearly I was a not a. I'm not a good performer and was a, not a very good stand-up comedian. Oh. Uh, but yeah, but it was. It was basically. It just came. That idea in particular just came from like. That's dumb, right? Yeah. Like, Q-tips are stupid. Now, would anyone care to speak to Jim's proposal? Barbara. Five hundred. Five hundred. Jim, you're an average American. Two kids, house in the suburbs, clinically depressed wife. Yes, yes, of course. Barbara, if we could just just finish. So, Jim, how many Q-tips do you use per week? No, one, two, one. Two per week, the standard amount. I'm assuming we've all read the reports by now. Let's do some simple math then. Two per week at 500 per box. That means you, an average American consumer, you're buying a single box of Q-tips once every five years. Whoa! I swear you should this is a business. Like we need to make money, this is a business. All right, all right, that's enough. Uh, and then, like, once I'm like, okay, so that's funny. I'm not doing stand-up anymore, so I don't want to let that joke go. Like, I'll find a way to, like, turn it into a sketch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
and then I guess it's just a matter of like building upon like one joke on top of another of like people pitching the the Q-tips. Right. Like, well, um, dumb people taking things seriously is just like always, almost always oh, funny. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, it'll just like it'll just be like kind of like a twelve angry men or like a <laughs> like or you know or I I was like in my head I was like oh somewhere between like twelve angry men or like the like a NASA like flight crew like uh, huh. but it, as opposed to dealing with anything that's serious they're talking about Q-tips. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twelve angry men. That's a good reference. Yeah. Um, Going back to film school, um, and then like there, yeah, there are a number of other sketches which, uh, again, the, the one like there are a couple ones that are just so strange. When I turned them on, I was just like, "What am I watching?" I mean, again, you have the skit about De Blasio, right? Yeah, which uh, I mean, could you describe it for our listeners? What happens in that? <laughs> yeah, so the, that was originally. So Lindsay originally had uh, an idea and a script for a sketch where horses. Yelled at Mayor De Blasio. Yeah, so, well, but like, I think, well, the, I guess this story is kind of now done because the it got squared away. But there right. was a whole thing in the city about whether or not like the mayor was going to get rid of horses. Right. In the so city. while yeah, while the mayor was run, while Bill De Blasio was running for the mayor, one of his like platforms that he took is like we're getting rid of horses in Central Park. Uh, and of it, course, a lot of unions were really pissed. Right. About yeah. It. Right. Exactly. Because. Uh, a weird like like a weird fact about that is like that all the the horse carriages uh that are in Central Park are part of the Teamsters union. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that's why it fell apart too because right. they couldn't obviously reach an agreement with the Teamsters. Right. So then like we wanted to do something about that. We're like, okay, so we'll have the Teamsters we wrote we wrote a sketch that's basically like a press conference that where yeah, the, it's, it's representative, the representative of the Teamsters <laughs> Union is a horse, and he's just yeah. basically yelling at Mayor de Blasio about, like, how dare you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's, yeah, fielding questions right, that yeah. are just really ridiculous. And, of course, like, my favorite part of that skit is the the, the, the text crawl at the bottom. Right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, because it's, it's like a press conference that's being broadcast on, like, a fake kind of, like, news network. So it has... Like that that sketch has like kind of like CNN looking graphics, but all but like all the headlines and stuff are you know basically like me trying to do the Onion kind of thing where it's just like j- fake joke headlines. Uh, uh, I have a big big like obsession with joke density, uh, and that sketch is basically just like a single like it, because of like the format of it, you're just having a camera sitting on somebody for a long time. So like I'm like, how do I get more jokes into here? Like oh, I'll just put them in the in the the sure. crawl on the bottom. Yeah, no, that that's always important. Like you need to keep the jokes going, otherwise it'll feel a little static. Right, especially if one doesn't land. There's a all, there's another joke happening at the same time. You know, like yeah. So if I just try to get as many laughs in there as I possibly can. Right on. And then on the opposite side of that, well, not, not that this isn't that there aren't a lot of jokes in this, but the the Voldemort sketch. Yeah, the Voldemort's a weird one. Uh, it's yeah. my favorite, and like. So when when Lindsay originally was like we were trying to make content for that website that that project eventually never really happened. Yeah. I I had this idea and I was like, what if we were trying to like do things that were going to be easy to shoot and like quick? And I was like, okay, but what if we don't do those things and we do a really long video where Voldemort like, does an ASMR video? Because I so ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, and it's basically like if you like ever like when you hear like a crackling of a fire or like um, like pages turning on like a book or, or yeah. when someone whispers in your ear, 
like you sometimes like some people yeah. have a reaction where they feel it in their spine. Oh, like yeah, it's like yeah, it's a tingle. Absolutely. So that sensation is ASMR. Yeah. But uh but there's a whole community of people online that make videos to to purposefully elicit those responses. Um <laughs> and it's largely just like it's largely it's it's a lot yeah. of like Eastern European or like women who speak into the microphone and they do this and they they <laughs> It's and it's so strange, but millions of people watch those videos. So I was like, Voldemort already talks like that. Can we just like I was like, what if we just kit mashed these like two things together and like we're gonna take Harry Potter, we're gonna take this weird internet phenomenon and try to kind of mix them together. Yeah, and I and I loved. I think you told me off Mike that the actor you got for it, ironically, wasn't a Harry Potter person yeah, at all. No, he's had... just a great actor. Like he he just really he just uh, John Marco who uh, played Voldemort for us like really just we. I, we presented the idea to him, and he was uh, like game for it. And then he just went away for uh, like a month and a half, and like watched all the films like obsessively. And I said wow. I would I would send him. So like the way that process, the way that that sketch worked is it was largely improv by John Marco. So, okay. So the, what we what we did is I would like I gave him a bunch of ASMR videos, like like, like this is who we're trying to like kind of mimic mm. uh, and then like I'd send him Voldemort clips and like he'd watch the movies and then I would like I would just send him like joke pitches so like so at this part he does he talks in Slytherin but then he also just uh. talks about like, like I'd, I'd give I'd be like all right so yeah like I would, I would just pitch ideas like so then you'll talk about this thing and then on the day I showed up with a bunch of props and I'm like here play with these like so then he would just <laughs> like kind of riff as Voldemort and you just knew that he would be able to handle the things yeah. through him too right yeah um and he was I mean he I, he kills it in the video um and then like it was just stitching those together and finding like and then and then using then a lot of it was the, uh, that was achieved later like the special effects kind of like make it then like its thing yeah um, and the funny thing is, that's probably gotten the most views now on YouTube yeah, because of the ASMR community. Right, yeah. It has, I think it's like at 58,000 right now, which is like nice. Uh, but yeah, it's largely like the, 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 the reason why it's being passed around and kind of like the reason why we thought it might work as a, like, as a successful internet sketch is like, because that community is huge yeah. and nobody's made like comedy for them. Like, so like, like we can just like, it's like if people who, who were really into like Harley Davidson's like and nobody had ever made like a comedy and they're like it would be like oh we could we could we could find like a niche and be like this is for you guys Go oh yeah it. yeah well that's I think it's funny years ago oh god this is a really random thing to mention but years ago my friend was doing a web series and he already filmed most of the episodes for it and he had, had a schedule for it mm -hmm. but then in the midst of this the uh uh, the the two girls one cup video uh -huh. hit the web sure, and he that. decided to do a skit based on that where the first part is just him and his friend who you know they're they play themselves but not themselves in the show they watch the video and then you know have because that was the whole thing years ago was like the two girls one cup reactions mm -hmm. right people yeah. watching it and going like oh my god they even had like kermit the frog sure. <laughs> reacting to it and then the other part of the skit was they and it was very specific like my friend actually had us go out to like to find an ice cream place where they had one of the dispensers where you would see the soft serve ice cream come out. like, <laughs> And then, of course, they it finishes with them eating like a big bowl of chocolate ice cream. Yeah, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that ended up getting like 
500,000 views right, yeah. versus I don't know how many other views they got sure, with yeah. that. But, yeah, it's like hitting that niche at just the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I went off on that tangent. It no, just reminded me of I that. I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, what's interesting, though, is on the other thing you mentioned to me is the uh, the other sketches that Lin- that Lindsay does where she's just like girl woman on the street oh, yeah, we have one talking thing. to people. Now, those jokes, though, in a way, those were scripted. They're they're not necessarily scripted, but we go out there with like a with a strong game plan. Like, yeah. here's here's an idea and here's what we need out of people in order to like achieve that. Yeah. Here's like, I'm going to ask you questions about this neighborhood uh, and you're going to tell me. Right. So like, is. so that one in particular is, was pretty scripted. Cause all those, like the, all the neighborhood names, like the, those jokes we had written before, like we actually yeah. we had, a, there's another sketch where we use them. Uh, but we just also thought like, Oh, if we can get people to think that these are real, that'll be great. Um, something, so something like the boat, we did one about bodega cats where, but bodega, you know, cats that are in bodega. Yeah, 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 not, yeah. That 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 skit is very funny because it's uh, oh, I mean, again, in a, a little bit of the style of the Daily Show where you're on the street and you're asking people these questions and you get a lot of like answers that are not what you want. Right. Yeah. Uh. So like for that, it's like the the idea for the the video was we're gonna tell people it was it was had a tangential relation to the mayor de blasio horse thing actually so oh, we were going to well in that we were going to tell people that the mayor has a new oh, policy yeah, has yeah. a new policy in the, similar to like he's getting rid of horses now he's getting rid of bodega cats and then we're going to try to get people riled up and upset at the mayor and then we'll be like yeah but it's that's not actually but true. and of course because nobody really nobody pays that close attention to the news right. and you know you have like a segment of the population that still believes like I know this or that is still a thing yeah. that, yeah, you can definitely get them with something like that. Yeah. So like, so for that one, it's like, like, that's the plan. We're going to go like, tell people that there's this news story, ask, ask them if they read it, tell them like, Oh, I'll just, we'll summarize. It's like, it was in the times this morning. Mayor's like announced that he's getting rid of bodega cats, uh, get people's reactions, whatever they may be. Hopefully you want people to like, be like upset about it. Yeah, and then, and then you, as and if then they you, would really care. Yeah. Probably, probably they they have to respond and they want to say something, and you know they're probably thinking back, man, I can give a damn about this. Yeah, I mean, but, there, we we have there, there's unused footage of people being like, okay, <laughs> good, I'm aller- I'm allergic to cats, and it's like, well, well. <laughs> that's not as funny. Yeah, right, exactly. You, is it? You just kind of unfortunately have Lindsay there, like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, well, also just like the the ratio of footage that's used, like the way that those kind of those... yeah. I always like I always wonder. So the ratio of used footage to unused footage, like what what kind of ratio is that? Oh, it's like so low. It's like because you know, like we're out there for half a day, like yeah. asking people questions, and then we cut it together into a like two minute and thirty second video. So like. You're just, you're really just like, so, which is actually like, it's the, when we first started doing it, it was like, it was hard and like somewhat terrifying because you're like, you're out there all day and you're like, oh man, I don't know if we're getting like, these reactions aren't strong enough. I don't feel like we're, but then at the end of the day, you're like, oh, but we only need two minutes of this stuff. And we spent a full day talking to people. Uh, so like you're, you're going to cut most of it and then you, you just find those little like pieces yeah. that are going to work for you. Cool. And, uh, and so from that, I know cruel children at the moment is kind of taking a little break. Yeah. We're working on coming up the with next, like, the next, next round of videos. Cause we shot everything pretty much in one week and then we've been uh-huh. uh, doling it out. 
And uh, but the next thing though, you're you're now focusing on doing a pilot. Yeah, Lindsay and I are writing a pilot together that we hope to That's pitch cool. and maybe make. Also we'll a comedy. Yeah, it's a comedy. Uh, not nearly as broad as the Cruel Children stuff. Uh, okay. More, more, a little bit more grounded. Actually, it's called grounded. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, uh, there you go. Well, you you have your pitch right there. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's a little more grounded than the stuff. Actually, it's called grounded. That was <laughs> that was not planned. That was off the cuff. That's uh, fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're working on that right now. Uh, stole writing, but it's going it's going well. It's nice to have somebody to like crack the whip, which is Lindsay's job to be like, did you write anything today? You get pages done? Can I see pages? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't really rest too long if right. Lindsay's there to help you on your path. Yeah, because uh, so my the colorist I worked with uh, when I was at uh, when that was what I was doing um, would refer to some people as noodlers. Uh, so we'd be mm. like, oh, these are, these guys are noodlers, meaning that like it'll be like, yeah. oh, well, can we go back and like take a look at that second shot and like, mm, is it too black there? And you just and they just want to fiddle and fiddle and fiddle until yeah. they. Uh, and I am very much a noodler. Like given if I don't have a deadline, I will work on something forever. So it's not so much about like it's not so much about procrastinating on something. It's just that you get into like a tunnel vision state yes, of yeah, yeah. doing something over and over again. Yeah, and then this and this it, black isn't quite black enough right. for me. And Lindsay gets to go, and as I have the privilege of having Lindsay be like, it's good enough, move on. <laughs> <laughs> we can worry about it later. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So is that um I mean do you see yourself continuing to work in comedy like this? Like Oh yeah, absolutely. Um I mean I I hope like you know, I want I want a TV show one day. I would love to, or at least like you know, be a part of like a really good like scripted like series. Mm. Um, I think television is like yeah, I'm not the first person to say it is like there's it's never been better, uh, and it's kind of like the new indie film in a way. Well, especially uh, with uh, well, if you're like Comedy Central and shows and stations like that, they have so many different programs that it's hard to keep track of what to watch. I yeah. mean, you find out about like, like inside Amy Schumer or something, but then that's gone. And then you find out about like Louie and you watch all those episodes or you watch this or that. And, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I don't know if those are good points of reference. No, absolutely. But, I mean, uh, like special, like, you know, Amy Schumer, like inside Amy Schumer's sketch comedy. We're very, we're, we're walking very close to with cruel children, the, the kind of stuff that she's doing. Yeah. Uh, Louie, I think is like an, incredible almost drama in a way oh yeah I, I, yeah it's very funny but also like it's it embraces weirdness and sadness yeah. and all these different things it's probably like for me like the best directed thing on tv period yeah and it, i mean personally and like in, with like what i'm doing because i'm like writing and editing and directing i get to like be like louis ck does it that's cool right like you know <laughs> uh it's it's not just because i don't have the money to pay people like i could also say that like oh, i'm just like an artist yeah, yeah. who needs the fx deal yeah i have my own deal yeah, in my brain right <laughs> um but no that that's cool i mean and you're but you're still gonna like do you see yourself continuing to use the kind of skills that you've had, like through like art design and production and posts and all that type of stuff? Still? I'd, I'd like to. I mean, one of the like, it's like it's I I, I kind of like I'm like oh it's my like secret weapon because uh, there's a lot of comedy writers out there you know, but I also have the ability to like use After Effects you know, yeah. which is like a nice thing to have in your tool belt. Um, uh. I'm actually not very good at After Effects. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, you have time to learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and especially because, like, you know, Lindsay and I, 
continue to want to continue to make cruel children stuff and even like the pilot like we probably will write it shoot it and then try to pitch it you know and right. being able to like have my hands on in a lot of different understand i used to have i used to have a resume that said jeff of all trades master of none and my friends were like you can't put that on your resume <laughs> that's like see the funny <laughs> thing is if you put that on your resume now you get somebody's like you worked on master of none oh yeah right exactly yeah <laughs> that just occurred to me off the, off uh, the cuff yeah um but I, I just like skill collecting. Like I like being able to like do a little bit of that, a little bit of this. That's good. That's good, man. Well, I, I look forward to more of those those sketches. I think they're very creative. Thank you. And I think, uh, you, yeah, innovative too. Like when uh, they're really getting there. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to check out more all the cruel children sketches that we've been talking about and things by Jeff and Lindsay, uh, you can go on YouTube and is it. The the channel is just called Cruel Children. Yeah, the Cruel Children comedy is the uh, is the channel name. Yeah, um, I imagine if you if you just type in Cruel Children on YouTube, you'll come up with a lot of things that are not yeah. that. Uh, an easy way to find it is if you just do cruel uh, cruelchildren.com will direct you to our Facebook page. Oh, well, that, that uh, works better. Yeah. That's the website yep. cruelchildren.com. Also, yeah, on Facebook, there's the Cruel Children uh, right. Facebook page for that. Um, is there a Twitter page? We don't have a Twitter right okay. now. We have an Instagram, but no Twitter. Okay. And, uh, yeah, check out the Instagram too. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all good stuff, man. I was really happy to have you on the show today. Yeah, that was great. All right, man. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Sorry. Uh, and, oh, and our sign off, uh, remember the wages of cinema is death. Have a good day. What if we designed a box where it was impossible to remove just one Q-tip? A box where you dropped a whole bunch of Q-tips each time you opened it. <laughs> Maybe some of them even fall between the sink and the toilet. Nobody wants to use Q-tips that's falling between the sink and the toilet. It's gross down there. Then what do you do? You buy more Q-tips. My God, this could work. This could work. Jackson, get someone to design this poorly designed box immediately. Carl, oh, oh, oh. that is goddamn genius. Yeah. Oh, you goddamn oh, genius, no, Carl. Yes, yeah. that is clutch. Thanks so much. Great work, everyone. Genius. Good work. Yes. Drinks? Yes. We should drink, right? Yes. 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 All right. It's time to drink. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Yeah. To Q-tips. Yes. To Q-tips. Q -tips. Q -tips. May they never be too fuzzy or wet. Yeah, what your tips are gross. Mm.